Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And on a phone, Dave Watson. Hi, boys. I, I feel like maybe I should stop saying that you're on the phone and let the listeners work it out for themselves. Or maybe just like yeah. pretend that you're a guy with a voice. You're, you've got an affliction where you always sound like you're on the phone. <laughs> Maybe he's constantly got his head like slightly submerged in water, and that's why it sounds that way. Myself yeah. and myself and Paul Doolan have spent the whole day together, Dave. Well, you, have you have you done the thing that you used to do, which is just to go to a um, a snooker snooker hall or a pool hall and um, pass it off as you doing work by talking about work, but actually tax deductible snooker. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. We were actually working, but there's been a, a lot of tension. Has there? No. Sexual? <laughs> this is a way to find out. No. Um, it's just me trying to start the podcast with a little bit of pith. But instead of that, let's talk about football. Mm. Okay. Uh, Saturday was all right, wasn't it, Dave? But Did you guys listen to it on the radio? Yeah. I didn't listen to it on the radio. I've seen extended highlights. I was watching. Um, the, I was watching the film Arrival at the cinema. <laughs> it's really the, good. Um, yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, the atmosphere was decent for a change as well. I think it was good at the cinema bad. as well. Actually, <laughs> maybe Sorry. it sort of filtered through. Sorry. So yeah. let's talk about the game. Uh, yeah, the, the Birmingham fans they took a few um, few of them off. It was quite a heavy presence of um, like armed police. Apparently, um, really, I didn't realise wow. Birmingham. Well, in the city, yeah, yeah, in Newcastle City Centre, um, a couple of mates who'd gone to the game and saying that there were more armed police than they've seen for a long time. And um, Birmingham City fans have a bit of a reputation. Yeah, but then apparently, like, the same friends were saying that they had a couple of drinks afterwards. Um, and, you know, they weren't in, like, a gastro pub or anything. They were just in a booger. And the the few... Birmingham fans that were still around were, were dead canny and that they 
you know, I haven't heard any um, mm. stories of any hooligans or anything kicking off. So Maybe it was well, nothing to do but, with the Birmingham fans. Maybe there'd just been some intelligence that John Joe Shelby was planning an attack. <laughs> 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 I guess it is Christmas party season as well, so it could have been fancy dress, like people dressed up as armed police. Possibly. You never know. This yeah. time of year. That's, it's that's the, a risky gambit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it could have been. Um, but the rest of the game was, was top notch. Fantastic to see Dwight Gale in the goals because I was worried on the last pod. I mean, silly really, considering it had only been three games, one of which he hadn't really played in. But I was worried that uh, he might be the sort of striker if he went a while without goals then we'd be in trouble. But he certainly made up for the lost ground there with a perfect hat-trick, Paul. Yeah, right foot, left foot, head. It's weird as well because his goals, well, sometimes like the free kick he had earlier in the season looked amazing, but a lot of them are very unremarkable. But you look at the movement he makes to get in the positions for them. I don't think we've Mm. got anyone else who could do that. I don't think we've had anyone that could do that for a while up front. He's a proper striker. Yeah. Andy Cole or something. Fox in the box. Fox in the box. <laughs> Have you ever scored a perfect hat-trick, Dave? No, I've never even scored a hat-trick, let alone a perfect one. What, happens, nice after, style, I mean, what happens after, like, perfect hat-trick? Is there, is there like, a double perfect, double hat-trick, where, you, like, you, st- you have to score one off your arse? Oh, like, what goes up next? Yeah. Surely chest, shoulders, balls. Knees and toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've no idea you could have a gentleman's hat trick where you just politely nod it in three times what and don't celebrate yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it looked Sorry, it, go on. it looked from what I saw like Diame had an amazing game yeah um, to be honest, I was going to say it's from what I heard and obviously you get the, the it, it gets coloured by the, the commentator's bias but then the lads who were there, they were all saying it's the best performance of the season. I like forget about QPR away or uh, Preston in the cup or anything where yeah, we scored six. But this was the, the best all-round performance. Uh, the def- all the defenders did their job. But in, but, but specifically, Hayden, Diame, um in the centre were, were just incredible by all accounts. Um, uh Definitely Diame's best game of the season. Mm. It sounded like, because I listened to it on the radio as well, it sounded like we weren't just reliant on Shelby, who I think has carried some of the team lately. Like Diame's been pretty poor up till now, but him and Hayden yeah. were both making plenty actually happen. Hayden mm. seems to be getting better every week as well. I think he's far ahead of Colback now for a starting place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think that um, something that helped the Arme out was um, it looks like he was playing in a, like, closer to the rest of the midfield. So mm-hmm. he wasn't playing off Gale. He was playing just ahead of Shelby and uh, Hayden. And it looks like he's picking the ball up and running with it. And he's chasing, you know, a couple of the times you saw in the, the highlights, you saw him chasing down the, the Birmingham players. Um, he looked like he was deeper, and it could be just shifting, just shifting him a little bit gives him um, a greater license to run with the ball because he seems much happier doing that than. Yeah, I think he seems to get a bit of a nosebleed if he gets too far forward and just has too much time to think about what he's going to do. I think perhaps he was mm. getting a bit of flexibility because he seemed to be having a lot of joy down the right as well. I don't know who their left back was. 
but it seemed like all our attacks were coming from the right. And yeah, that's been a that's been a, a, a thing of our season, though. Really, our right flank is much more productive than our left. Well, 2016 is left... a very right wing year. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, the um, the left obviously it's, it's hampered and you know he, he had a decent game but it's hampered by Dummett. The Dummett doesn't really create anything going forward, and that means that the the winger over there he doesn't have the the same outlet that um, that the guy on the right does. Um, yeah, just most of it seems to go down the right. It's not bad. Yeah, Yedlin seems very good at getting forward. Do we think this is it for yeah. the left now? Is the left over? <laughs> um. I think our yeah our team is quite a good microcosm for global politics at the minute. <laughs> it is. We've got um, an uh, heading our uh, left wing, much like in global politics, is an unlikely outsider who we <laughs> thought was was never going to um, be the main man. Johan Gufran. Yeah, got himself a goal again. Scored again, and, and quite a nice goal as well. Do you think he's found his level in the championship, or do you think he will make the transition up if we go up? Well, we've talked about this already. We were, I remember the last time we spoke about it, we thought that Gufran would not come up with us. He's more of a sort of like, um, a bit like, I can't remember if he actually did come up with us. But like a, a Peter Lovenkrantz, you know, like oh, a sort yeah. of yeah, he championship did, he didn't stay with us long after. But um, Gufran's never going to be a well, you never know. But like he's he's never going to be a a starter at a, a top Premier League club. But he's he's turning out to be a valuable squad member. He reminds me a lot of Benitez when he was Liverpool manager, Dirk Kout who never really did anything remarkable, but just ran a lot and seemed able to take tactics on board, which seems to count for a lot under him as a manager. I would say that Dirk Count was a better player than Gufran, right? Probably, but he wasn't a good footballer necessarily. He was a workhorse, I would yeah. probably argue. It's a, it's a similar situation with Anita. Anita's not really good enough to do um, what he's doing in the Championship. He's not good enough to do that in the Premier League. Mm. But he carries out the tasks that Benitez gives him to the letter, one, can, one must assume. So I reckon that um, I reckon that Anita will get his shot up in the, in the Premier League. But with Gufran's contract running out, I mean, he might deserve a... Like, we might extend it by a year or we might offer him a, a, a couple of years with clauses in it or something I don't know but I don't think I don't think Gufran will be second choice let alone first yeah I think it would depend a bit on who's available to buy in that position as well well you'd assume that we'd want to push harder for Atu full time yeah um, and if we've got uh, an Atu or someone like that we might we might go after somebody else uh, to play ahead I, I don't know that, to be honest I mean, that left flank it's pretty. I don't know what's going to happen in the next year because you can't imagine Dunham's going to be first choice left back, can you? Well, for the moment, Gufran is keeping Atsu out of the side most of the time, and uh, Dummett. I could see being a, mm. a Premier League. Well, Dummett's wanted in the Premier us. League. I don't know if you saw this weekend 
Alan Pardew once Paul Dummett at Palace. <laughs> well, he's Alan Pardew. Uh, the only footballers he knows are, <laughs> are footballers he's worked with. He does love a left back as well. I remember on, when we had him, like his substitutions to change games would always be bring on a left back. Yeah, and it's not the. I'd, to be honest, if if Alan Pardew comes in with a, a stupid bid for um, Paul Dominic, you know, it's over his value, then I've, I've got no problem with him going because we're halfway to, halfway through to the promotion that we're after, and he's good, but he's not he's not great, and he's only got a season and a bit left on his contract anyway. So I think he's I think a his contract good... runs out twenty eighteen. I think he's good for certain games. Like I do think he's pretty decent defensively. He just can't go forward. Reminds me of another ex-Newcastle defender who Crystal Palace signed. I think he, I think he might have gone to QPR in between. Fitzhall? No. Dave, oh, any thoughts? Craig Moore? No. Newcastle youth player. Oh, David. No, David. No. Yeah, what's his name? Did he go to Ipswich as well? I don't know. Come on, Dave. Newcastle youth player. Right, he didn't play left back. He played right right back, but he was a centre-back. What, Peter Ramage? Peter Peter Ramage, that's it. Ended up at Crystal Palace. Yeah, just not unspectacular, pretty ordinary. You know, he could work hard. He's going to be committed and he's going to be professional, but he's not going to to pull up any trees. I remember him being the, the sort of joke... Uh, cult hero at Palace, yeah. like they like would over applaud everything he did in the way that <laughs> that Newcastle fans will want to do sometimes with James Perch. Yeah, um, Coutinho. Yeah, yeah. I think Dummett's a steady. The problem with Dummett, I think, is that he's first choice, which is less about him and more about our transfer dealings over the last sort of five years. Well, Lazar made a substitute appearance. And um, he also uh, had a start in a game that we lost last week. But it seems like perhaps Lazar is starting to become like a a more uh, serious member of the squad. Mm. So who knows? Maybe by March time, he will have have overtaken uh, Paul Dummett. Well, that's one thing that um, I was going to touch on, because Dummett... And a couple of the other players, um, Colback and Shelby, are all on five. Are all on four yellow cards, right. and obviously five yellow cards is a is an automatic one match ban. Mm. Um, in addition, so um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dominic was maybe rested in inverted commas um, for the next couple of games, which are against you know bottom five of the t- bottom five of the table clubs in uh, Wigan and Burton. Start Lazar in those two games because we're away from home. Um, in both games, they are not very good sides. Um, you know, lessen the risk of Dominic picking up a, a fifth yellow card and a and a, and a ban. When do they get know, rescinded? Those? What happens is they get um, on New Year's Eve. Ah, it, yeah. They don't get erased. But then it goes up to once you've got ten yellow cards, you get a two-game ban. All oh, right, that yeah. I believe is the way it works. Um, yeah. 
So uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say about uh, that particular game against Birmingham City, guys? Uh, No, not really. Just everybody did their job brilliantly. And well done, you. Well done to uh, the Magpies, if you're listening. (laughs) Okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a quick break. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203-817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Welcome back. The question is, you know, I do listen back to the pod sometimes. And it seems like uh, I'm coming back now after some seaside music. Yeah, I find that odd. I don't quite understand. I'm not sure what, what that's the about. Relevant is, relevance is. I assume they use it on all the the team podcasts, or is it that they're thinking that Newcastle is a relatively coastal city? <laughs> We're not Skegness, though, are we? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I remember going to colour coats as a child sometimes. Oh. I have no <laughs> idea what that is. Sorry. It's a beach uh, in Newcastle. A lot of dog shit. I, oh. I grew up just, off, you know, across the road from the beach, Seaton Sloops. That's where I grew up. Beautiful there you go. five miles worth of sand beach. Did you regularly take a dog to shit there? No, I regularly stood in dog shit. Oh. In many ways, you gr- just wipe it off. In many ways, you sort of grew up in um, the Copacabana, didn't you, Dave? <laughs> yes, many, many ways, apart from all the good ones. Playing um, foot, foot volleyball and... Uh, Barefoot on the beach. Futsal and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's a rumour floating around that Liverpool are interested in Jamal Lascelles. What do we think about that, Paul? They look like a team that needs defenders, but it just feels like that point of the season where everybody goes, what's the gap in this Premier League team? Who's available? Put two and two together. I think Lascelles, like he was linked with Chelsea a few weeks ago as well. I don't think there was... It's just that thing of who's defending badly at the moment. And then pick yeah. him. And he's a young English defender yeah. who journalists aren't probably seeing a lot of the games, but they're like, well, he's captain of Newcastle. Mm. I yeah. think if any of our defenders were going to be linked with Premier League teams, the ones that would feel more fair, it's probably Kieran Clark, who's just looking immense for us at the moment. I guess mm. he's a bit tainted, though, in the Premier mm. League. I think Lascelles is definitely a sort of a fashionable player to link to clubs so, like if we were in the Premier League and saw him being linked with us we'd be quite keen it makes a better story I think to be linked with him I don't yeah. th- I'm not I'm... criticising him but I don't think he's been that standout great no, this season I don't think he's seen. been our best defender uh, do you think there's any truth to the rumours Dave? Mm, I think there's there might be legs in that the Liverpool and have sent the scouts to have a look at him but I can't imagine 
Because what they're after basically is somebody to help them either seal the Premier League uh, title in Chelsea's case, or they're looking for somebody to get them back into that Chelsea, the, the title chase in Liverpool's case. And that that requires a better standard of footballer than Jamal Lascelles, and that's no disrespect to him. I think he's a you know he's a he's certainly been he's certainly earned his stripes at Newcastle, and he's a he's a good lad, but. I don't think he's good enough for that for that level. They can they can go off and they can go and sign um, some of the top centre backs from Europe. They don't have to convince them to come with, um, you know, like we we'd have to pay over the odds even when we were in the Premier League because we weren't competing for anything. We're not a bigger as big a name as they are. They could they could go off and sign, you know, they could go off and sign Aymeric Laporte from um, Atletico Madrid. Um, Madrid a little bit. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, they can go off and find the best. That was the just a noise. In the Amaric Laporte. Uh, Amaric Laporte is um, Yes, uh, I think if you're yeah. Jurgen Klopp and you see how many goals Liverpool are conceding, and you're getting a list of players together that can fix that problem, I don't think Jamal Lascelles is going to be in your top ten. And again, that's not disrespectful to him, but he's young. He's going to take time to fit in. He's not a proven Premier League player. There's plenty of others you'd go for ahead of him, I think. Mm, exactly. Well, it might be partly the fact that he's English. Uh, they might, oh, absolutely. They yeah. might need an Englishman. It's not like there's a um, a wealth of English defensive talent available. True. We'll see. But yeah, I th- I'll, although um, I'm not overly excited by his performances this season but like I say not a criticism I would be disappointed if he left him yeah he brings a lot in terms like his attitude brings a lot to the squad I think he's a good captain for us yeah that's that's exactly what I was going to say is that yes we're not going to lose out much on like on the pitch because he's he's good he's a very good footballer he's probably lower half of the Premier League standard but it's it's the, the captaincy like you're saying Paul that's I mean, he is he is an organizer. He is a shouter. He is a, a personality, and I think I think we'd be. I mean, that's why we went down in the first place because we didn't have enough character on the pitch. Mm. Plus, you know, Steve McLaren. or quality but, <laughs> on or off the pitch. Yes, yeah. yeah. but no, I don't think he's going anywhere. Speaking of Steve McLaren, like, though, like Derby suddenly doing amazingly with him. Maybe he's found this is his another level example as well. of like. This is another example of like a manager, a, a club fitting a manager or, or a, a manager being a right fit for the club. I think he is the best fit for Derby. Yeah. Well, I for one am pleased for him. He seems like... Say again? A, I for one am pleased for him. Steve McLaren. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, I, I'd, I'd hate to see where Steve McLaren's life would go if he didn't have football. <laughs> That's a terrifying thought. Yeah, went a bit bleak. He does look like a coach driver, I think. Like you can imagine him in a short white sleeve shirt just driving biddies up and down the motorway. That seems like a natural I, I could fit. See him as, I could see him as being the kind of guy that goes on holiday on his own to like a resort and then just tries to make friends with people. Yeah, yeah. sat with a, an oversized cocktail at the bar asking you what sort of day you've had. Yeah. He looks like the kind of guy it's very difficult to get him off the topic of custody of his kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I agree. So, um, anything else that we want to talk about before we talk about the upcoming fixtures? Um, the the only thing, I mean, we could go over the same things that we've been talking about before, like which areas do we need to buy um, in January. But I think we, we all know that we could do, even though Diallo had a good game against Birmingham, he's had plenty of the season to provide more evidence that he can do that consistently, and he hasn't. So I'd still like to get another attacking, creative midfielder in the centre. Um, I want another um, left winger because Gufran's decent, but he's not. He's not doing it. Um, do you in the, in the Premier League? I can't remember if we talked about this before or not, but come January, do you think we should start buying for the Premier League? Absolutely. Or hold on till the summer. I think we don't buy a lot. And maybe we get like maybe we get one player, maybe two players for the first team squad, but we buy like a few for the um for the development squads. Mm. Um but we do the majority of our um Premier League preparation, uh, like Premier League purchases rather in the um in the summer. Just get one or maybe two in now so that they can get bedded, get used to the Rafa Benitez, the style of football and then when we get into the Premier League, we've got a good 13, 14 players who know the system, know what their roles are, and can hit the ground running when you get up there. Because if we can get use the momentum that we, we picked up from winning the championship, which I, I still think we'll do, I think we could get ourselves to that magic 40-point mark very, very quickly. And we're well, not very, very quickly, quick enough that we're not in danger because the worst thing to happen would be to get dragged back into a relegation battle in the first season up. There is a, an, something to be said for, particularly if we were going to buy players who have no uh, experience of English football to, to get a couple in in January just so that they can uh, get settled in the city yeah. and, and have some experience. And a full pre-season as well. There's nothing worse than that thing of just getting a player in at the end and then results don't start well. And like we've had a lot of big money signings who've just fallen away because of that, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because... I mean, I, I, you, you look at um, what a disruptive uh, pre-season, like what effect that can have. And you look at Sunderland and how badly they started and they're only now starting to, to pick up points and then pick up... Um, pick up wins and stuff because it took even though they had a little bit of a preseason, it was so um, like I said disrupted that it's, it kind of screwed them over at the mm. beginning of the season it's like Spurs used to do every season of selling their best player but Daniel Levy waiting to get the most money so they wouldn't mm. have time to like when they sold Berbatov and then Modric before that Mod- yeah. Yeah, but like yeah. at the very last minute and it just writes off the first sort of quarter of the season Exactly, yeah. Do we think anyone's going to leave in January other than Lascelles, who we think probably won't? Tiote. Tiote, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got the best chance of going. Yeah. I can't think, because what we used to do is think about, right, who's in the first team squad and who's in that level just beneath them, who's not getting games and who's not, you know, who's not going to get games. They'll probably be the ones to leave, but. We don't because we rotate so much. 
And because we bought in, brought in so many new faces, I can't see anybody other than Chetiote going. I mean, we might see players who are already out on loan making permanent deals like Kroll, Siemdion, Saiva. Sammy Amiobi got a great goal for Oh, Bolton. I saw, yeah. It was a great goal. I didn't see that. I've seen people Just banging on about it, but I've not yet seen it. Oh, get, get your peepers on it, Dave. Paint a picture with words. Describe it to me. Um... R- Outside the box, coming in from the right, uh-huh. turns on to his left foot, I believe. Yeah. And strikes, belts it. Belts it from 20 yards. That's why I was there. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, mate. I think on the subject of players we might sell, it would be interesting to see what would happen if bids came in for either Mbemba or Mitrovic. Because I think Benitez would sell Mitrovic if a good offer came in. Do you think he doesn't fancy Mitrovic? Yeah, I think it's fairly clear from his selections so far. Hmm. What? I don't know if he doesn't fancy him. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if it's Rafa not picking Mitrovic or if it's Rafa picking Gale. And I know that you can only pick one of them or another. But my point is that well, Gale's in such good form and plays the way that fits with the system much more than Mitrovic does. But I do think there's a good player in Mitrovic. I do think that he's the kind of player that would score quite a few goals in the Premier League where Gale might not be. Because Gale's getting the benefit of coming up against quite piss-poor defenders. So he's mm. outstripping them for pace. But he's not really... I don't think Mitrovic fits into our sort of plan A or plan B, though. I think Benitez would probably rather have the money and then get the striker in with that that he'd want for the Premier League. As well, I think I don't think he trusts Sorry, Mitrovic to not get sent off as well. I mean, that could be it. But then, how much money do, would we actually get for Mitrovic? What fifteen million when we signed him for? We signed him for fourteen, 13. was it or thirteen? I think if he could yeah. get the money back, he. I don't know. Well, it's all it's all conjecture. He's, he's surely but, dropped in value now, hasn't he? If only because the contract's short. He's getting goals internationally, though, so you never know. I think he's a quality striker, but I just it's hard to see how he fits into the way we want to play. Maybe if, that could just be a championship thing. Same with Mbemba, where we might have just yeah. gone, well, championship, we'll have two big centre-halves who just lump it because that's all you really need for that league. But so, I guess we'll see. So our next game is... Tomorrow night, as we speak, it's on Sky Sports. Mm. How exciting. Yay. And it's against uh, Wigan, away. Um, any thoughts on the game, Dave? Yeah. Um, they've got the joint fifth best defence in the championship. Oh, really? Yeah. They're quite low they're... down the table, aren't they? Yeah, they're 23rd. They're second bottom, but they've got their fifth best defence. They're not getting spanked. They're losing like one go- by one goal. Oh. Um, and it's, you know, the, the only team to have ever put, to have beaten them by more than one goal this season is Reading, where they, they lost 3-0 at home to Reading. That's it. Everybody else has either been beating them by just 1-0 or 2-1. Um, the not, goal difference in this league is, I was looking at the table the other day, it's insane this year. You've got basically us about six ahead of Brighton on goal difference and then ten ahead of the next ones. You've got Huddersfield doing like third or fourth on minus goal difference. There's just a lot of teams getting 
spanked and a lot of teams down the bottom hardly conceding. Suspicious. Yeah, mm. After Brighton, it's who are on plus 19, Fulham are on plus 9. So we're 16 better off than they are. We're effectively like the, um, a point better off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I like the symmetry that um, we've got plus 25 and Rotherham, who are bottom of the table, they've got minus 25. Just a nice little symmetry. Oh, yeah. that is nice. Let's see if we can keep that going. Yeah. The only players I know from Wigan at all and I'm, you know, you know me. I'm a nerd. Mm. I've been looking at their side. I just don't know any of them other than Stephen Warner. Oh yeah, former Liverpool player. Yeah. And uh, you see Askelainen. You see Askelainen. Yeah. Goalkeeper. Is that right? He is. Yeah. Yeah. And finish. Play for Bolton. Yeah. God. Both of those That's feel it. like they've come from a sort of 90s time machine to play. <laughs> um, speaking of 90s time machines and stuff, Wigan have won seven out of their last eight games against Newcastle at Wigan. I don't think they're going like, to Yes, I'm just looking at run. their past results. The only one that we've won in recent years, well, the only game that we've won uh, since the 50s uh, Shilaramio, we got the goal. I remember, especially under Martinez, they would always seem to just have something over us. Because well, with Martinez's side, he always used to have one or two players who could pull an incredible goal out of nowhere. And that's why we were losing. They were never, I can't remember them being consistently a better side than us. It's just they had one or two players who, when they came up against Newcastle United, could leather it home from 35 yards. Well, like Ryan Taylor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we tried so. to even that up by signing him after he scored against us <laughs> all the time. That didn't really work. No. So, uh, do we have any predictions as to the score? Yeah, I think we'll win, but it'll be a low score. It won't be It won't be 3-4-0. I reckon we'll, we'll beat them, but it'll be 2-0. Because for all those... You know, they've um, not been conceding that many. We are much better than everybody else they've faced. That sounds like a good call. Mm. Paul? I'm going to go a nervy 2-1. I was going to go 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1 as well. 2-1. Okay, well, that's... uh, It feels good to know that we've got those three points in the bag. (laughs) And then on Saturday... uh, we have a game. I'm just trying to remind myself who it's against. It's Burton Albion. Burton Albion ah. away. Well, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if we'll um, go for a nice few days in a B and B somewhere <laughs> in between <laughs> Wigan and Burton. Um, Where is the midpoint that'll be worth looking at? Definitely worth looking up. Um, but yes, Burton away. What kind of season are Burton having, Dave? Pretty shit, to be honest. Um, I mean, to be fair, they're a newly promoted side, so they weren't expecting much. So to finish outside of the relegation spots for them is a good season. But they're 20th at the minute out of 24. Um, all of their wins so far have come at home. They're much better at home than they are on the road. Um, I could, it, this one could be a lot trickier than, than the Wigan game, certainly, because um, they are good at home. 
but then we're the best side away from home, so I'm going to go uh, Nervy 2-1. Still managed by Nigel Clough, Burton Albion. Yeah. He's been there for quite a long time, hasn't he? Let's have a look. He seems to only manage clubs in that small area, like Forest, Derby, Burton. I see, I understand. He he was at, he's never managed Forest before. Has he not? He was at Burton Albion from 98 to 2009. Then he went to Derby for four years. Then he went to Sheffield United and now he's back at Burton. Oh, sure he managed Forest. They all come back, don't they? They all come crying back to Burton. Uh, this is another team with just not a single player. Oh, wait, they've got Lloyd Dyer. That's it. The only one I recognise. Uh, 34-year-old left-winger Lloyd Dyer. Well, I've got that sort of arrogant thing where I'm like, well, we're not going to be in the championship for long, so I don't need to bother learning the players. <laughs> <laughs> is it like you're on holiday and there's no point learning the language because you know you're going home? Yeah, you're temping. There's no point <laughs> learning everyone's names. True. Um, wow, temping in the championship. Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Any thoughts on um, on the game against Burton, Paul? Not thousands. Okay. I think, good. wasn't this Bill? Can you give us at least a couple of hundred? Okay. Wasn't this like billed as the hardest game to get away tickets for? I think it's a lot of away fans. Yeah, it's a tiny ground. Yeah. And people want to, it's the sort of club it's where people want off one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they want to tick that off. Um, yeah. So that's my input on the game. There, it's, it's, <laughs> it's capacity is 6,912. Wow. That'd be like, and I, I've just, that's just come off the top of my head. <laughs> Obviously, I'm on their Wikipedia page. Um, I mean, that's, that'll be a little bit like a, an FA Cup tie. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can understand why they've got a fairly good home record. But yes, I would I would have... I'm going to go back into arrogance and, and say I would have... No, I'm in fact, no, I'm going to go for a 1-1 against Burton. Wow. Wow. I'm going to go 4-0 away win. Just great. to counteract. Yeah. Great. Dave? Get up, Paul. God, son. Yes. Dave? 2-1. Uh, 2-1. Okay, well, um, I feel like it's uh, time to draw things to a close. Um, I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to be in Florida, Ooh. which is in America. Yep. And Everything I, seems pretty good over in America at the minute. <laughs> nothing really going on. Yeah, nothing to it. I just feel like they're finally starting to get things right, you know. <laughs> going to make America great again. Are you part of that policy? Is that why you're going over? I've been asked to come over to make America great. <laughs> Head of great greatness. Again. Yeah. Um, no, that'll be fun. I'll be with some yeah. of my girlfriend's Trump voting relatives. That will be fun. So I'm hoping that you two might be able to string together a pod uh, at the beginning of next week. We'll see whether we'll that's see. possible. And then uh, it's the... the what. Although English football has been crying out for a Christmas break for years yeah. and hasn't been able to get it, we do have a Christmas break in the podcast community. Yeah, and we need it as well. We do. It's need what it. keeps us fresh at the start of every season. So, yeah. So, yeah, then we'll be having a Christmas break. 
So do, do you reckon, just in case we don't do a good pod next week, we won't rattle through all the fixtures, but I, I always feel like we have a terrible Christmas. Um, how do we feel about the Christmas period for Newcastle? I think we are in a better position than any other club in the Championship because of the the depth, the strength in depth we've got as a squad. We're a deep-filled yeah. mince pie of a squad. We've. Oh, it feels like we've got Paul, two I... good players for every position. Go on, Dave. Paul, I could kiss you on the mouth. You are thinking exactly the same as me. We'll be fine. We're really strong. Shall we meet depth. up and kiss? <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah, let's do it. If you do kiss, I want I want you to kiss him on the mouth and like Gary Neville kissing Paul's skulls. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Um, so if you could arrange that video for me, that would be great. We can meet sure, if we get the train to the halfway point between London and Manchester. Just get off at the platform, <laughs> then get off on the platform, and get back on our respective trains. I'm trying to think. Would that be like Stoke or somewhere? Possibly. I don't want to go to Stoke. We'd only need to reserve one seat each and then swap tickets on the platform if we get the London to Manchester train and vice versa. (laughs) Perfect train. Well, I want it to be noted that I'm a little bit more pessimistic about the Christmas period, if only because I think when you two get really optimistic together... We lose. It brings about a a losing streak. So um, I want it to be noted that... uh, I'm a little bit more cautious. But looking ahead at the fixtures, it's nice to see that on Boxing Day, we're with the evening game on Sky. Nice. So that'll be... Nice. Uh, I like to think your Christmas pessimism will stop when you're visited by the three ghosts of Newcastle past, present and future on Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh, well, that would be good. That would be good. So the ghosts of Christmas past would be um, Keegan. Yeah. Well, no, it would be Bobby Robson. Yeah, Probably. And the yep. ghost of Christmas present would be Rafa Benitez. Yep. And the ghost of Christmas future would, would be, be <laughs> Ian Holloway. <laughs> Robot <laughs> Ian Holloway. It would be the ghost of Christmas future. Um, possibly it would be, um, no, it would be that um, that player that you mentioned we might be signing <laughs> last week. <laughs> Dave. Yeah. Who knows? Juanito. Juanito, that's the ghost of yeah. Christmas future. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, another fantastic year with the Newcastle Natter. Uh, that's from my own personal point of view. <laughs> um, hopefully there will be at least one more before the year is out. Um, but uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thank you, Fergus. Thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you, Fergus. And before I, Fergus Craig, go, let me remind you, the Newcastle Natter listener, that uh, I'm very grateful for your downloads. But please remember to rate us on iTunes because it gets more people interested. And uh, please remember to have a happy and safe holiday (laughs) season. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.